Hello, and welcome to the LYF podcast. This podcast is provided to you by the Love Yourself Foundation, which is an organization here spreading the message of love and more specifically self-love and the powerful ripple effect that has not only in building a better relationship with yourself, but also with your community and with our beautiful planet. We're here to tell you that we're all one. All living beings are connected to each other, to the universe. So we're going to be talking about important topics like mental health, environmental issues, and tying it all back into the self and ways that you can not only empower your relationship with yourself, but also empower your relationship with your community and with our beautiful planet. So if you like what you hear, please hit subscribe. You can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at the LY Foundation. You can also check out our website at the lyfoundation.org. And we have a very special new addition to what we're doing. We now have a membership program called the Lifeline Membership Program, which offers support calls, group support calls, free admission to our events, workshops, specialized merch. So we also have special discounts going for students, teachers, frontline workers. So if you want to hear more about this, please go to our website at the LY Foundation slash membership for more info. Thanks for tuning in. Hey everybody, welcome back to the LYF podcast. Monica here and I am flying solo again. (laughs) So I'm excited to talk about something different. I feel like it's been a while since we've chatted about the environment and the connection of healing, human healing to the healing of the planet. But you know what, before we get into that, I wanted to just bring to everyone's awareness one more time that we currently have a GoFundMe going. You can find all of the ways to donate on our website at the lyfoundation.org. I'll also include it in our show notes, but we're almost we're almost at 2k. So our goal is 5k by the end of the month and we would love any support that you can provide, even if it's just $1. We look forward to just seeing what we can do with these funds, and I'm excited to, again, to see what we can do with all all of it. Again, our focus is on suicide prevention, and we already have a camp all programmed out. We have other programs, too, in the works that we want to create, so... We just need the funding, so (laughs) anything would help. And then we also have our event coming up Thursday, February 17th. So if you're in Las Vegas area, please join us for our Love Yourself Expression event. $10 pre-sale tickets and $15 at the door. So to our topic for today, I'm going to read a little bit from Climate A New Story by Charles Eisenstein. And I've read from this book before. It's been a while. So Perhaps some of you have heard me speak on this before, but primarily my background was in environmental science. I did a lot of one of my degrees is in environmental science and did a lot of activism work around the environment. And man, obviously there's so much work to be done and from getting folks to change their habits. And one of my conundrums growing up, because I grew up environmentally aware, So one of my conundrums always was, why do people not want to take care of the planet? And I always wanted to really get deep into what are the belief systems that are prohibiting or inhibiting us from really caring. And that's when 
which perhaps some of you have heard me say, when I went through my mental health challenges and then later on got the inspiration to start the Love Yourself Foundation, I realized the statistics and I started just looking at the numbers, like mental health numbers super high and the environmental devastation throughout the whole world also very high. And I started to think we are creatures, right, of this earth and as such, we would be there's a reason we're all connected and not that right with this we're in one big ecosystem if we think about our global ecosystem we're all connected i think even if we just look at the pandemic we've seen how connected we all are and how our actions do affect one another and then going even further beyond our human species just how our actions affect other animals other plants and what have you so during that time, I just did a lot of research when there is growing. This is an area of growing research, which is really awesome to see because I believe that at the core level, that's where a lot of the disconnect is. A lot of folks simply just don't have capacity. I remember when I was deep in the depression, deep in all of the things where I just simply didn't have the capacity to be able to do more other than be in survival mode. So if we think about it, a lot of folks are in survival mode. I've been there. And even when any time when our resources are being threatened, we all get into that mode. And again, I think pandemic has shown us that very well. So the big question is, how do we solve it, right? How do we solve, how do we bring solution to the disconnect and I believe firmly that just like everything we have to start with ourselves we have to make sure that we are well both mind body and soul mind body and spirit however you want to say it because we just we simply have to start with ourselves and understanding our own belief systems what are things that are holding us back to in our own lives so by starting there and then slowly building that bridge, I think that's the missing ingredient. And again, there's a lot of, and also indigenous tribes have been saying this, right? That we're all connected forever. This is not necessarily a new story. It's only new for modern times. And that's what I really like about Charles Eisenstein. He talks about that, how really this is just new to us, new to modern society. And if we are to solve anything, I think we all need to get back to our roots. What did our indigenous cultures, what do they teach? And right, we all came from somewhere, right? All of us, we all came from indigenous cultures. It's just the globalized world has definitely made it a little bit difficult to even understand where our roots really lie. And thankfully, there still are a lot of indigenous tribes and thriving and able to continue the teachings thank goodness truly it's just i think a matter of understanding one our own personal wellness how can we improve and then from then as we start filling our own cup how can we start to again help others and also build about a stronger bond with the earth and again remembering that we are animals of this earth we are we might be we might look a little different, we might wear clothes, we might go to concerts, but we are animals of this planet.
And so just like we can change our habits to improve our own lives, we can change our habits to improve our relationship with the planet. And I believe that's what it just comes down to because we can still live good lives. We just might have to cut down on our consumption, which it's not maybe we have to make better purchasing choices, making better transportation choices. Just like like when we look back to our own selves, I'm like, okay, how can I improve my own diet? How can I improve what I consume both visually, audibly, and food consumption wise? So I think that's why... It makes sense to start with ourselves on, okay, how can we, in these choices, how can I improve my own choices? And then from there, be like, okay, how can I start improving my relationship with Earth? I honestly get a lot of my clothing from my family members. So I have a lot of hand-me-downs. It's always like an inside joke with my friends because they'll be like, oh, where'd this come from? And I'm always like, ah, it actually came from my niece, which we're only just a few years apart. So it's just, I get the majority of my clothes from her. I'm all, I also go to thrift shops mainly. I rarely buy anything firsthand. That's something I've been doing for a long time. Because even if we think of fast fashion and that whole, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> And we've definitely had that conversation spoken on here before with Rafael Soto. He's the co-founder of Proto 101. It's a high-quality, sustainable clothing brand. If you're curious to listen on, that's a great episode to talk more about that. But so anyway, just a matter of what are the habits that you can shift. And remembering that we are all connected. Truly, all of our actions, there's a ripple, a cause and effect. These are the laws of nature. I want to read a little bit from Charles Eisenstein's book. And again, it's called Climate, A New Story. Highly recommend this book because, again, he was one of the folks that I learned about when I was realizing these correlations. And I was so grateful, I remember. And because I thought, wow, great, yay, there's others out there thinking this and there's research and all the things. Yes, so I'm going to read a little bit from his book and go from there. So again, the book is called Climate Change, A New Story by Charles Eisenstein. Climate change is inviting us to forge a different kind of relationship. One that holds the planet in all of its places, ecosystems, and species sacred. Not only in our conception and philosophy, but in our material relationship. Nothing less will deliver us from the environmental crisis that we face Specifically, we need to turn our primary attention toward healing, soil, water, and biodiversity, region by region, and place by place. Endless photovoltaic photovoltaic arrays on ruined land are not going to solve the problem. We must enact a civilization-wide unifying purpose to restore beauty, health, and life to all that has suffered during the ascent of humanity. Across the spectrum, carbon dominates the conversation. Most, but again not all, skeptics seem to want the environmental problem to go away altogether and hope that by refuting climate change, we will once again have unlimited license to pillage the planet. The climate fundamentalists, despite their general sympathy for other environmental causes, instigate a a perversely similar banishment of other environmental issues that that gives implicit license to any sort of ecological pillage that doesn't generate CO2. 
I am suggesting here that the frame of the debate is itself part of the problem. The frame of the debate, drawing from the story of separation. And this these includes the following. A conception of nature as environment and thus separate from ourselves. The assumption that climate is governed primarily by global geomechanical processes, solar radiation, atmospheric gases, Earth's rotation, polar and heat differentials, etc., and not by life processes. A A mechanistic view of nature as an incredibly complicated machine. The primacy of quantitative approach to knowledge. Valuing other beings based on instrumental utilitarianism, their use value to ourselves. The belief that human beings are the only conscious, subjective agents on this planet. In overt and subtle ways, these assumptions inform climate science and policy today, from the formulation of basic research questions to the political arguments about climate, to priorities in funding, technology, agricultural, and industry. They are shared by alarmists and skeptics alike, which is not surprising since the same assumptions also underpin civilization as we know it. The problem and the current modes of solution come from the same place. That is why different framing is needed. To put in more shocking item terms, it doesn't matter if the skeptics are right or not, because if because the assumptions on which the debate is based are already enough doom as to a dystopian future. I would like to therefore offer a new frame of the debate. Earth is a living organism. Each biome, local ecosystem, and species contributes in unique ways to the health and resili- resiliency of the whole. They are the organs and, and tissues of the Gaian organism. All beings, planets, excuse me, all beings, plants and animals, soil, rivers, oceans, mountains, forests, etc., deserve respect. Deserve respect as as alive, sentient subjects and not mere things. Any damage to the integrity of the planet or the beings on it inevitably damages human beings as well, whether or not the causal pathways for that damage are visible. Similarly, a healthy planet will benefit the physical and spiritual health of humanity. The psychic climate comprising our beliefs, relationships, and myths is intimately connected to the atmospheric climate. Likewise, the political climate and social climate are co-resonant with the atmospheric climate. The purpose of humanity is to contribute our gifts to the beauty, aliveness, and evolution of Earth. The converging crises of our time, including the ecological crisis, are an initiation for our civilization. The belief system I just outlined awaits us on the other side of that initiation. Can you imagine what a society would look like that embodied these beliefs in its agriculture, technology, and economics? Current green politics would seem paltry in comparison. Today, the political ship of environmentalism must sail against the current of the story of separation. Pulling the oars furiously, the environmental movement stirs up a mighty froth, yet for all its progress through the water, the ship is carried backward by the current. The overall condition of the planet continues to worsen. 50 years after the Clean Air Act, pollution planet-wide is worse than ever. 40 years after the Clean Water Act, the ocean's plastic outweighs its fish. 40 years after Endangered Species Act, biodiversity on Earth is in its precipice decline. And after several decades of climate accords, climate derangement continues to intensify. 
Is the solution to pull even harder to on the oars? If the current is unchangeable, that would be the only hope. Here is what the metaphor breaks down. Because the current is not arbitrary force of nature or human nature, as if we were gen- genetically disposed to destroy the world, no, the current is composed of systems created by human beings. First and foremost, the financial system, and also our systems of government, science, technology, education, religion. What human beings have created, they can uncreate. And that's where I'm going to end it for today. <laughs> and I think that is a wonderful point in what I was mentioning earlier, that just like we create new habits for ourselves, and it might look really daunting at first, but it's possible. We hear recovery stories all the time from folks. And deriving that same mentality into our systems of how we create society and how we treat each other, how we treat the planet, it can all be recreated. Of course, it doesn't, it's not easy to create change, but those ripples are what matters. And what you do does matter because what you do, you never know who may be observing what you're doing and they might like what you're doing, even if you're not trying to persuade somebody to change what they're doing. And simply by changing, helping others see like that it is possible is changing the world. It may not be overnight, right? We may not ever understand the magnitude of the change that you've been able to have in your own life, but it's felt because we're all connected. So never underestimate your own power of how much you can affect the world in a positive way. And again, it's starting with you. It's starting with you giving yourself hope, resiliency, healing. And from there, from that place of giving, you can, for giving to yourself and receiving healing, you that increases your cup, that increases the capacity that you're able to give. You are much more powerful than you might even understand. And I believe in the power of change that you're able to contribute to this world. And I just, if you don't know your purpose yet, that's okay. I think that's half the fun is understanding why you're here, how you're here to help yourself and others and the planet. And with that, I will end my episode for today. I wish you all a beautiful day. And I hope if you're in Vegas, I hope to see you at our Love Yourself Expression event at the Gather House at Ferguson downtown. Till next time.